this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Just to uh, add to Matt's notice about the treasure hunting, we've got a guy called Steph Miles with us over that weekend. Steph is on staff at the King's Arms Church in Bedford. He leads the uh, training in supernatural ministry outreach teams in Bedford. And uh, they're getting you know, amazing... Uh, seeing some amazing things on the streets, really. Many people are being saved and added to the church and healed. And uh, it's just great to see what they're doing. Uh, and I've invited Steph to join us for a weekend. So come help us, come train us. I've been out with them on the streets in Bedford. And it was an, an outstanding uh, time. It's probably one of the most times I've ever had evangelistically. And uh, so I want to encourage you to come on that Saturday. Uh, to join me and Matt and uh, many others who will be there and Val uh, and others who will be on the Saturday and uh, I can promise you it's going to be a great time. Uh, really looking forward to that. And then Steph will be speaking here on the Sunday morning as well. So that will be, uh, be really good. Okay, we can open up God's Word together uh, in a moment. Uh, I just feel I want to follow on from some things that came during worship. So uh, my planned preaching Colossians will have to wait for another morning. and um, But we are going to look at God's Word together in a moment. But before we do that, can you put your hand up for me if you are on Facebook, please? It's okay, you can confess, there is no shame. Right, okay, those of you who got your hand up, if you have Facebook on your mobile phone, can you take out your mobile phone, please? Let's do this right now, we're going to do it live. And when it opens up, I want you to search for Jubilee Church Derby. Okay, no commas. And then when you get to that page, if you click more, you can check in. Which I'd like you to do, please. And if you're really, you know, you're really positive about it, you can add a comment, like, enjoying my time at Jubilee this morning, for example. Or looking forward to what Graham has got to say. I am too. Or something else nice and positive, please. But can I ask you, in all seriousness, I said, you can do that now while I'm talking, um, but generally, can you make a point of, if you use Facebook on your mobile, do check in when you get here. The reason it just increases the profile of our page and it just encourages other people to look at it. So it just increases our online presence. So if you can do that, that will help us. And um, I'm not going to look at it now, because I'll, I'll end up seeing what you're all writing. And hopefully it's really nice. And if it's not, I'll be sending Tim around later. Yes, something like that. <laughs> and hopefully if we do this enough, it will mean that we can actually search under check-ins and find it normally as well. But at the moment, that doesn't seem to be working. Anyway, if you have a Bible with you, can you turn to John chapter 14, please? Or if, you, if it's on your electronic device, when you've finished your check-in post, you can then 
Go to your Bible app and find John chapter 14. And we're going to read a few verses together in verse 15 onwards. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said this, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realise that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your presence already this morning. And we pray now as we spend a few moments together looking at these verses and considering what your word has to teach us. Uh, Lord, we pray, would you, Holy Spirit, come and be our teacher. I pray, God, would you help me now? Would you help me to communicate well what's on your heart for us this morning? Lord, that we might encounter you afresh, we might be challenged and encouraged by your words, and we might receive afresh your spirit to empower all our life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's get rid of that down there. Okay, so my first question to you this morning is this. Jesus says in verse 15 of John chapter 14, he says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And so there are really two questions that come out of that one verse. As far as I can see it, you may find some more, but I think there are certainly these two questions. If you love me, you will obey what I command, says Jesus. So the first question is this, do you love him? Thank you for those of you who said yes. I really appreciate that, and that's good to hear. But that's, that's implicit in the text, isn't it? Jesus isn't quite asking the question as directly as that. He isn't saying, do you love me? But he is saying, if you love me, you will do something. So as soon as we read that, we've got to ask ourselves the question, do we love him? Do we really love him? Well, what does that mean for us? What does it mean to, to really love him? Does it mean that he is the most important person in your life? Does it mean for you that he is the one that is shaping and building your life? Does it mean for you that he is the one that you are following? Not that you're going your own way and asking him to come along too, which so often we're tempted to do. (laughs) Oh Lord, would he bless what I'm doing? (laughs) The sort of panic prayer. Rather, it should be, Lord, what are you doing that I can get involved in? What are you doing that you want me to be part of? What is it, Holy Spirit, that you are doing that you want me to bring my energy to and my time to? So do you love him? Do you really love him? And is he the the person who is at the very centre of your life and the very 
centre of all that you're about. And, and even using that phrase, somebody being at the centre of your life, what does that mean? Well, it means if something's at the centre, everything else orbits around it, doesn't it? I mean, probably if, if I had greater brain power and probably paid more attention at school, at this point I could give you a really clever sort of planetary uh, illustration about planets orbiting around something. But I can't. But you can, you can picture, can't you, that if there's something in the centre, other things orbit around it. So for you, what is it is that, that's at the centre of your life? Is it what you want? Is it your kids? Is it your, your job maybe? Is it a, a particular interest or passion that you've got? Or is it Jesus? Is he at the centre of your life? Is he the one that you love? So Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. So if the first question in that verse is, do you love Jesus? The second question would be what? What would the second question be? What do you think? Do you obey him? So do you obey him? If you love him, do you love him? Will you obey? And very quickly, the third question has to be, what is it that he commands that you're going to obey? Do you love him? Do you obey? And what is it that he commands? I mean, Jesus doesn't, in this particular passage, give us a list. But the good news is he does give us a book, which we can read and find out the answer to that question. What is it that Jesus commands us? What does he expect of us? What is it that he wants us to obey? Well, the first thing is clear, isn't it? It's loving him. It's loving him. It's him being at the centre. I mean, you, you know the passage well, I'm sure. Jesus is, is talking about one of the most uh, important commandments. Somebody asks him. What's the first one? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, everything that you have, all that is about you, love him with that. Well, that's got to be the first thing that he commands, isn't it? That's the first thing that he calls us to obey. What will be some other things? To worship him only. Not to worship other things, be they other people, other gods or anything else. And you might think, oh, I don't worship anything else. You know, I, I don't go to the, this other temple and worship there. No, I, I, I'm at church and I worship with my, my Christian friends and I don't worship anything else. But worship isn't just about a place you go to or what you do with, with, with others or a particular period of time during the week. It's about what's most important to you. It's about where your heart goes. It's about where your thinking and energy goes. About where your money goes. Actually, you can tell a lot about what people worship by looking at their credit card statement. Have you thought about that? If you look through your, your, your bank statement or your, 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 your credit card statement, what would that show about what's most important to you? Worship the Lord your God and Him only is one of the things that, that Jesus commands us. So do you love him? Are you obeying him? What he commands? 
loving him, worshipping him only. Another quick one after that would be loving one another, wouldn't it? I mean, this would tie into some of our values that are important to us. Loving God would be the first one. Loving one another would be the second one straight after that. Because God has loved us, he calls us to love one another. It's not, you must love one another. You think, oh, crikey, do I have to? Really? Lord, have you not seen them? You know, it's not how it is at all. Rather, Jesus says to us, because you've received the love of God in your heart, then with that love that you've received from heaven, with that love that God has shown you, because let's face it, you and I, undeserved, do not not deserve God's love and favour, because he has shown you that, because he has given that to you, because he has loved you, therefore, he calls us to love one another with that love that he has given us. So, love him, love one another. There'll be a couple of things that he commands us and he calls us to obey. But another thing would be to receive the Spirit. Not to try and live the the Christian life in your own strength or in your own power, but to receive the Spirit. I remember what it was like as, as a Christian in my teens, I'd become a Christian quite young, but didn't really have any understanding or knowledge or experience of what it meant to receive the Holy Spirit. That, that wasn't on my radar. It wasn't really talked about in the church that I was part of, which was a great church in many, many ways. It gave me a great foundation in the Word of God and on loving Jesus, but there wasn't any understanding really of what it meant to receive the Spirit and, and live in the good of that. And so I remember in my 20s when I was first filled with and baptised with the Holy Spirit, everything changed. Because suddenly I wasn't trying to be obedient to God in my own strength. I wasn't trying to live for Him in my own strength. But rather I'd suddenly been clothed with power from on high to use a phrase. And suddenly it was his power at work in me. Now, I still needed to make good choices. still needed to be obedient to him. But suddenly there was power at work. It's like having a light and, and knowing a, a light's here, just like this, this one over here is, which I could point towards you and try not to blind you with. Elliot, here we are. It's like having it there, but not having it plugged in doesn't do anything, does it? Looks nice. You think, oh, that's a nice light. I'm sure it has good, some good colours in it. But it's not plugged in. It doesn't do anything. And I remember it in my 20s, when my early 20s, when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit, suddenly it's like plugging a light in and like, whoa, it's there. Sorry. Suddenly there's power there has been plugged in. Suddenly I felt I'd been plugged into power from heaven. Suddenly the Holy Spirit was at work within me. And Jesus commands us to receive the Spirit, to, to welcome him. Isn't it interesting in this, in this passage we read that Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. 
for another counsellor. It's like saying, you've had my counsel. I'm going to send another counsellor who will be with you forever. You know, actually, Jesus makes it clear that it's better that he goes. You ever ever thought about that? It's just over the pace in, in John 16, verse 7. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Have you ever thought about what the disciples must have thought of that? It's better that I go. Now, they've been hanging out with Jesus, seeing everything that he did, following him, being obedient to him, seeing people healed, raised from the dead, seeing great crowds respond to Jesus' teaching, thinking, wow, Lord, this is amazing. And then Jesus sends them out, and they get to preach the gospel. They see people healed and respond to the message. They're thinking, wow, this is amazing. And then Jesus turns around to them and says, guys, you know what? It's better that I go. They're thinking, Lord, how can you be serious? How can it be better that you go? What do you mean by that? But Jesus is clear because he said, if I go, then I'll be able to send to you the Holy Spirit. I'll be able to send to you another counsellor. It is better that I go because he will then come. That's the promise that Jesus makes. So what happens when he comes? Well, firstly, to go back to the, the passage that we look, look at here, Jesus says in verse 18 of John 14, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So they could have felt like they were being left as orphans, couldn't they? They're like, hey, you know what? We've been with Jesus. We've been following him. And now he's gone. They could have felt like orphans. As a, as a family, we watched the Paddington movie just last week. Have you seen that? Just came out not so long ago. And um, for us as a family who are uh, passionate about the subject of fostering and adoption and honestly that encouraged, uh, it was quite a moving film to start with because you've got Paddington there just being, you know, just there, isn't he? Uh, on his own at the station, Paddington Station, in case you didn't, didn't get it. And uh, it's like he's, he's orphans. It's like he's on his own. He's just got a little label around his neck and his suitcase, which used to have plenty of marmalade in until he'd eaten it, that's it. It's just, just there. And his family come along and there's some discussion in the family as to whether they should take Paddington home and, uh, and give him a home and care for him and, and love him. And um, I had not expected it to be moving. But it was, at least in, in those moments. But Jesus says... I will not leave you as orphans because he adopts us into God's family. When the Spirit comes, you know that you are adopted into God's family. You are a son. Now, I know that we would say you are a son or daughter, depending if you're male and female. Actually, there is a theological truth in you being a son, whether you're a man or woman. Because in Bible times, to be a son meant you inherited. So actually, you are a son. 
Now, we could understand it to be a son and daughter as well, but you need to understand the theological significance of what it means to be a son in that culture. So you're not left as orphans. You are adopted into God's family. Amen indeed. You are a son of the living God. Not left anymore as orphans. And as the Holy Spirit comes, he witnesses to your spirit that you're not on your own anymore. You are part of his family. Hallelujah. But as well as that, we referred to this a little bit earlier, I think. The Holy Spirit comes in order that you might receive power. Jesus says this in Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So firstly, you need to understand that you're a son. Firstly, it's that you understand that you are now part of God's family. You're not just looking in from the outside, not just observing what others are doing, not just thinking, hey, they seem to be having a good time. No, no, he welcomes you in. Not as an extra, not as, oh, well, someone that we'll, we'll try and squeeze in and make some room for, but as a member of his family, as a son. He welcomes you in. And then, and then, you get to receive power to live. Power to be his witness. Power to step out for him. Power to live in a way that honours him. Power to talk to others about him. As we were talking about earlier. Be it out on the streets on a Saturday morning, or be it with your work colleague during the week, or your next door neighbour, or somebody you bump into at the gym, wherever it might be. He gives you his power to do it. doesn't expect you to do it on your own. doesn't expect you to sort of work up some energy <laughs> and oh, I'll give it a go. But rather expect you to receive. Expects you to receive power and then live in the good of it. Expects you to know that you're a son and a daughter of the living God. And receive power and live in the good of it. We talked a little bit earlier during our time of worship, didn't we, about <clears throat> us being a temple of the living gods. This is what Paul says to the Corinthians, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? And he's talking to the Corinthians church there. He's talking to a group of people. He's talking to a community, to a church. It's a plural. It's you yourselves. It's like saying yous, <laughs> if there is such a word. It's a plural Use of the word, it's saying you together are God's temple and that his spirit dwells in you. Now it only happens together because it happens first individually. It's because you first individually have received the spirit that then when we come together, we together are the dwelling place of God. And so... As we're obedient to Jesus, as we say, yes, Lord, we love you, you are at the very centre of our lives. As we seek to be obedient to him in worshipping him, 
loving him and loving one another and receiving the Spirit, we then get to understand that we're adopted into his family. That he fills us and clothes us with power from on high to live for him, to be his witnesses in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's like where you live, near where you live, across the other side of the M1, and to the ends of the earth. Or maybe that's the other side of the M1. But it's in his power. And as you do that, and as together we do that, and as together we receive the Spirit and seek to be a community of the Spirit, Paul says, don't you know, you yourselves are God's temple. You, are, you together are where he lives, where he dwells, where his spirit is at work. And so that if anyone was to come in thinking, I wonder what this meeting is on a Sunday, seeing the board outside, wonder what that's all about, just come in, have a look. Actually what they would see and sense is not just a group of people, but they would see and sense the spirit of God at work. Because together, we are his temple. You think about it, you think of temples that you might see, perhaps of ancient times, you sort of see them on television, you know, sort of mock-ups of what ancient temples might have been like. Huge, grand things. Quite an impression, don't they? I guess in our, in, our, in our culture, in this country, we've got great cathedrals that we could go to and go, wow, just look at this building. Look at the intricate detail. Look at what it speaks of. And it affects you, doesn't it? You think, wow, it it speaks of something to you. Paul says, don't you know that you are God's temple together? And so when someone comes in, they're not looking in and going, oh, what great stained glass windows like we might do at a cathedral. Rather, we're looking at people and saying, wow, I can see God at work. I can see lives that have been transformed. I see people that clearly love Jesus. They might not understand why or fully what it means, but they get to see a community, a people, a church that love him, that love one another, and that seek to receive the Spirit and live in the good of it, clothed with his power in order that we might honour him. Is that the sort of church we want to be, friends? That sort of community we want to be together? Let's stand, John. I'm going to invite the band to come back and we're going to worship as we finish our time together. Matt's going to come up in a moment and there may be a couple of things that we want to be uh, able to respond to and pray about. A couple of things came during worship that we didn't get time to, to get to then. I think we'll have those in a second if we may. Just before we do that, as the band come, I'm going to pray and uh, just invite the Holy Spirit to come and do what he wants to do. And perhaps you want to bring those couple of things. Great, thank you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we want to be those who love you, who obey you, what you command. And we want to be those that receive the Spirit and know what it is to have another counsellor who is with us forever, the Spirit of Truth who has come to us because you have not left us as orphans, but have adopted us into your family and sent the Holy Spirit to us. 
And Lord, we pray now, even in these moments, as we begin to close our time together, that once again, you would clothe us with power from on high. (laughs) The Holy Spirit, you'd be at work in our hearts. That we see you, by your Spirit, filling your temples that are gathered here this morning. (laughs) Lord, those two-legged portable temples (laughs) that we see around us. Lord, let your presence dwell there. In each of our hearts, let your glory come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Come along on any Sunday morning.